Welcome to Demond Does the Six Questions, where the same six questions can tell a unique story. I am your host, Demond, father of two, husband of one, and leader of this here Demondcast. Thank you if it's your first time, and thank you if it's your next time for joining us on Demond Does. Please remember to leave a five-star review wherever you download this and leave a comment or two. It helps the show get seen by more people so more can join the conversation. My guest was born in Maryland and raised in Mississippi. She has a love for DC and Marvel Comics because her dad made sure she got some good home training. Representing the Blurred Mob, the hub for all things black and nerdy. Give it up for Foo! I like that intro. It made me just want to go, Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you doing? I am doing pretty good. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for coming on and thank you for taking time out to talk to a perfect stranger. Uh, that's how it starts, right? You start with a perfect stranger, and then you know we cool. We tweet. We start tweeting back and forth. Oh, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's how. That's how all the. That's that's how. That's how every relationship starts, and hopefully, <laughs> and hopefully they blossom into things that are amazing. Yeah. I hate to start this off on a bad foot. I asked every guest three uh, interesting things about them, and then then I used that to incorporate it into the intro. But I left out something that I I have a bone to pick. Trans <laughs> Transformers 2007 is your favorite movie of all time? It is. It <laughs> is. That was, as a child, that was a cinematic experience. I went to go see Transformers 1 in IMAX. I remember that being my first movie I seen in IMAX. And just seeing how the Transformers, how they transform, the music, the storytelling. It didn't do great on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I know. I know. The ratings aren't great. But when you really sit down and watch it, I love it. That was a good movie. Where would you like to be found on the internet? Well, you can find the podcast page on Instagram at The Blurred Mob Pod. Check us out on Twitter at The Blurred Mob. And you can find us on Facebook and TikTok at The Blurred Mob Podcast. And if you want to find me personally, you can find me on IG and Twitter at K-V-N-G-J-U-N-I-U-S. And if you didn't remember all that, just go to the podcast page and they'll send you straight there. (laughs) And I will have it in the show notes, so you won't have to go far. So we'll just do it that way, too. All right. Excellent. All right, Foop. Are you ready to answer the six questions? Oh, yeah. Let's get into it. Question number one. When did you know you wanted to get into podcasting? I didn't. Let's go backwards. I'm a very impulsive and spontaneous person. Like when I want to do something, I don't like think it through. It's just, I want to do it. (laughs) So some friends of mine were starting up a podcast. I was like, okay, that's interesting. So I was like something I haven't done before. So we were both trying it out at the same time. 
And then, you know, I really got into the groove of like, what does it mean to make a production from start to finish, the promotion, the graphics, building a community, all of that. And I don't think I really started to love it until 2022. So I did my first season, 2021, and it was cool and all. And then 2022 came around and that's when I added all my other two co-hosts, Ryan and Ralph. Mm -hmm. And then we really started to see like the fruits of our labor. Like we were starting getting like interactions from people on Instagram, the numbers on the views of the videos and the episodes start going up. And then it was like, okay, now people are listening. People are paying attention. And then I guess the interaction, like the three of us, we've known each other since college. So after that, it didn't just like feel like sitting down in front of a camera making a production. It was just, you know, sitting down and, you know, sitting down with my homeboys and we having a conversation about things that we probably would have already talked about had we not had the podcast. From that moment going on, I was like, oh, yeah, I could really do this podcast stuff. Like, look at me, a podcast. <laughs> And you guys are great, man. I love listening. I love listening to y'all. Y'all have some really uh, interesting ideas, like uh, like your tournaments and things like that. Like the big upset, and what was it? The uh, the uh, Cartoon Network one. How did the Powerpuff Girls not make it out of the first round? Listen, we're still <laughs> mourning the loss of Powerpuff Girls round one because that was insane. My favorite thing about the tournaments is that we don't see the results. I don't know if people don't believe us or not, but I just want to put it flat on the table. We do not see these results. We do not decide these choices. So the reactions that you see, the upset that you see is 100% real. And I was baffled when I read that Powerpuff Girls lost that uh, that fight. That was unbelievable. <laughs> What's been your biggest challenge when it comes to podcasting? innovation mm. and it's not a bad challenge it's it's a very motivating challenge for me because when we put out content or when we make a new segment like versus Tuesday or we do a tournament we do it and then the next question that we have to ask ourselves is how do we make this 10 times better and it's weird because we thought that idea was the idea but you know with content creation and as it's getting big and trying to put yourself out there and trying to get more people to look at you is that you can't always be content mm. you always have to innovate you always have to grow you always have to keep thinking about what's the next big thing that's going to grab an audience attention how can we reach out to a different audience how can we keep the blurb bob at the top of everybody's mind and not fail out to where ah, it's a podcast like how do we keep pushing that limit and it's not a bad challenge. It's it's very motivating to keep like thinking, okay, what's the next big big thing? Gotcha. Question number two. What do you wish you had known when you started out? Your best idea is only your best idea for the moment. In season one, when I first started the podcast, I had laid out this whole plan of how I wanted the episodes to go, how I wanted the promotion to go. Like I had this set idea of how I wanted the podcast to go. And in my head, in that moment, that was like the best thing I could have created. 
So when the season was over, I had a heart to heart with my cousin. She was like, you know, the episodes that you put out are great on all, but what's the next big thing for the blurred mob? How are you going to push that limit and encapsulate what it means to be a blurred? So that best idea that I had in that moment, it was like, if I was to continue that way, that was going to run stale. So the next big idea was let's talk about more stuff. I said, okay, so now we got the episodes. We're talking about more stuff. So now what's the next best thing? Oh, let's do versus Tuesdays. Oh, let's do movie reviews. Let's make it its own little thing. Your best idea, not saying that it's going to be a bad idea, but it just goes back to my point of that you always have to innovate. What you think is the bee's knees on Wednesday may not be the bee's knees on Tuesday. So I guess if I known that from the beginning, then maybe my goal for that first season was how do I continuously make each episode better instead of this is the plan. This is what we're going to stick to. I'm not trying to hear anybody else's opinion. This is the best thing since sliced bread. But as I've grown as a content creator and a podcaster is that good ideas are going to come, but you always have to remember to push that limit. Mm. Always. How has the uh, addition of your co-host helped with that? I think that it's done a great job. I said this a long time ago, but adding them both was one of the best decisions that I made for the podcast because at first it was a it was me and it was a cycle of like guests so one not really a lot of consistency and then would I say the vibes or maybe like the dynamic wouldn't always be the same per episode but when I added Ryan and Ralph you can tell there's a clear dynamic between the three of us with me and Ryan with the strong opinions and then Ralph in the cut and it's like it it works and then Ron says his funny moments. Ralph says his money, funny moments. I have my funny moments. Or sometimes we get into these real deep, you know, heavy discussions and it's never bad blood or it's always, I see it as that we always think out of the box and we never hesitate to challenge each other either. So I would say adding them was one of the best things that I did because it does provide that different point of view and it allows people points to relate to like you can either relate to me or you could relate to Ryan or you could relate to Ralph instead of what it was before where every episode was a different group of people and it's kind of like you don't really know who to latch on to question number three what is your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant a dozen oysters so one time I went home and my sister was like, hey, you want to go to this restaurant with me? It's called Saltine. And I, it was this new restaurant that had opened down where I used to go to high school at. So we went there. They had oysters, seafood, drinks, and it was just this, this nice little spot. And I was like, I like this. So I make it a point that every time I go home to make sure that I get there and get me a dozen oysters and a drink. Uh, how did you how did you discover it my sister your sister just uh, she had yeah. she had been going and she and she uh brought you there yep right on and you go back every uh how how many people have you uh brought into town to introduce them to this delicacy one time i went there i went like three times so my sister had took me 
And then I took my dad and my brother. And then I took my aunt and my uncle. And I was like, y'all, we have to, we have to go here. <laughs> you you have to, you have to have it. No, it's just not I for have, me. This is for you. <laughs> I I have to I have to have it. Like, I'm gonna make sure I get my dozen oysters. I may get something else off the menu because the food is good, but I'm not leaving without getting my dozen oysters. I may get two. <laughs> I love it. Well, what what's the name again? It's called Saltine. Saltine. Okay. Saltine, if you're listening, I'd be more than happy to point you to the Blurred Mob and get them a sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) Question number four. What are you curious about? I guess I would say like life in general or like the future or like the meaning of like fate and destiny because like when I think about where I am in life I never imagined myself doing podcasting I never imagined myself being a my full-time job as a software engineer and as you can see those two do not correlate but (laughs) I always think about like what's the next step what's you know will I be doing podcasting forever will I be doing software engineering forever will I always be I live in Nebraska where I always be here forever. Like what's the next step for me? What are the next titles or the next achievements that I'm going to make? We're like, where are these decisions in this journey that I'm taking going to take me in the future? And I, I take it one day at a time, but like my mind, like I'm a visionary. And like, when I really get into something, like I could see like where something could take me in the future. And it's like, oh, that would be so great. And I was like, I wonder if the journey that I'm on is going to put me where I need, where I want to be, or is the journey that I'm taking going to take me somewhere that I still never expected that I was going to be? Have you always been that way? Or is this something new as you've gotten older, uh, like this this, uh, thought process? I think it's always been like that. Like I've done... Before I did podcasting, I was doing game design. Didn't think I would be doing game design. My bachelor's degree is in computer science, but when I was, before I went to college, I thought I wanted to do music. I was in band, like I played the drums. Um, like I've I've done a lot of things and it was, first it was like, well, I didn't think I would see myself playing drums. Well, I didn't think I would see myself doing computer science. Well, I definitely did not see myself <laughs> doing jumping from that to podcasting like computer science pipeline to game design it's like okay that kind of aligns but then hopping from that to podcasting it's like okay how did you get here (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's funny if things are to stay consistent we have no idea where we're going to wind up next (laughs) right i could i could wake up and find something else that I I want to do something else that I've never tried before, and now I'm I'm fooped to something else. I'm not I'm fooped to podcasting, software engineering. I don't know. I make pottery. I really get in the pottery for some reason. <laughs> so you're a Renaissance person. Where did your nickname come from? Foop. Mm-hmm. That came from I'm in a percussion percussion fraternity called Mu Phi Sigma. And that was my line name. And I kind of just took it 
and ran with it. It was catchy. And then getting older, it was like a different nickname for people to know me by because my nickname as a child was like PJ. Everybody knows me as PJ. You know, I, my cousins call me that. Some of my family members call me that. But then Foop was kind of like that. Oh, this is what the college kids, this is what my peers call me. And I kind of took it and just ran with it. Okay, so there's a clear delineation of what you answer to depending on yeah. where they met you. I, okay, I got so, you. What is your favorite cartoon of all time? My favorite cartoon of all time. Oh, I have so many. But if I had to pick one to sit down and watch right now, I think it would have to be Teen Titans. And it's not because they're in the tournament. It's just that Teen Titans birthed a lot of things for me. I used to watch Teen Titans with my dad when it first came out. Mm -hmm. And then it was just like, it's a cartoon. Like, it's this cool cartoon. People have, like, these powers and things like that. And then one summer when I was in high school, I rewatched all of the episodes. And then that's when I started, like, making the connection that oh these are comic book characters mm. and this is how they chose to animate them on screen and then what really like pushed it in for me that really made me love the series is that my dad had the comic books from the 1980s Ooh. that the show was based off of so he pulled out this big box in his garage he's like here's all my comic books and I just went in and I pulled out all of the Teen Titans comics and just read all of them at the same time that I was watching the show. And it was like, this is dope. Like you, you see how they, some of the things that they changed for the animation and how some of the plot lines stayed the same as it was from the eighties. And from that, that really like bl blossomed my love for DC comics and the movies and even dripping into Marvel in the comics and how they continue to adapt those stories into the animated media and the live uh, movies that we see today. So I, I have to give it to Teen Titans. Question number five. What should I ask you that I didn't know enough to ask? I would say, I guess my counter question to that is that for your podcast, are you the only one that does the production from like front to back? Yes. So for us, it's five of us. You all, you only see three of us on camera, but it's really a team of, of five of us. And the fifth member just got added, but like the way I saw it as going back to the innovation thing is that we wanted to do more. And it was like, okay, guys, if we want to do more stuff for the podcast, we, we need some more help. So it went from one, one, it was just me by myself starting off. Then Ron joined, then Ralph joined, and then my two other friends joined. So from the production from front to back is five people putting their hands in, making thumbnails, promos, audio editing, video editing. And then at the end of the day, we have this final product, which is this one episode. I think when I was like, when I was before I really got into the podcast stuff and I was watching other people create content, 
I don't think I fully realize the amount of effort that it takes to get just something as simple as a podcast episode out or a thumbnail episode out or video out. I guess maybe now if you look at all the content that we put out, I think you would have to look at it and say, okay, this makes sense. The fact that there are five people working on all this stuff makes sense. Working on a team, I'm used to working on teams. I'll say that. Like, as on my job, I work in a team. When I was doing the game design, it was a team. So falling into another team dynamic on the Blurred Mob was pretty simple. But I think the challenges with working on a team is how do you manage is managing everything that we do. Mm. I don't know. I find it interesting. I guess I am curious to see how many more people we add to this production. <laughs> seems it seems to be going well. And our, I am assuming everybody's been, everybody's meshed pretty well. What's uh, have there been any unexpected challenges? You've worked on a lot of teams. Have there been any unexpected challenges, uh, like anything new that you hadn't seen before? One of the challenges that we ran into is that when I, when Ryan and Ralph joined, we were very bottlenecked into our roles. Like I was the only one who knew how to audio and video edit. Ron was the only one who knew like the the tricks for social media posting. And then Ralph was the only one who knew like the tricks and the cool designs to do for the graphics. Mm. So when it came down to, oh, Ryan couldn't do something or Ralph couldn't do something, we were kind of like scrambling to figure out because, you know, we had all been stuck in our roles. So after that happened the first time, it was like, okay, we have to learn more skills. Mm. Like, even though it's right now, even though it's five of us, you can't be the only person who knows how to do this thing. Because if you go missing or if you can't meet this requirement, we're basically screwed. And then with that challenge, and I haven't found it in my team, but I guess in what I've seen in previous teams is that sometimes it's hard to get people to step up to take that responsibility to do something else. Some people on the team get so content of this is my thing. This is what, you know, I come here to do. I don't want to do anything else, but for to be a member of the team, you also have, it's not just about you. It's about the team's success. And sometimes that does require you to do more. And now that I'm discussing it, I think a challenge of working on this team is that this is a hobby. And sometimes it's hard to motivate people to do more when this is just a hobby, mm -hmm. when they're not getting paid to do this, when not nobody's knocking down on their door and be like, oh, we want to sponsor you. Oh, we, you know, we want to give you all this stuff. Like, yes, it's a journey to get to that point, but sometimes it is a challenge to motivate people to do more. Bottom line, they do not have to do this. So I am grateful for everybody on my team who you know take it as serious as I do to make sure that we put out quality content because they don't have they do not have to do this question number six if you could create a new holiday what would it commemorate 
I want a silly holiday. One time when I was at work, I was bored and I looked up a calendar of like small holidays. Like I saw a, there's a Batman day. I wasn't surprised to see a Batman day. There was like an M&M day, a chocolate cake day. And I was like, you guys are just making stuff up. And I, it, and now I want to make stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your chance. I want a, I think I want a Lego day. If if there's not a Lego day already, I want a Lego day. Legos are expensive. And what I want out of this holiday, I want Lego to put all of their products on sale. (laughs) 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 The Legos I want are expensive. So for Lego day, I want the Lego sets to go on sale. I want everybody to post on Instagram the Lego set that they built for Lego day. I want Legoland to let everybody in. Did you know that Legoland has an age limit? What? I I don't know if it's all of them, but there's a Legoland in Kansas City where you can't get in unless you're accompanied by a child that's like eight years old or less. Oh wow, that's that's interesting. That's that. Ooh. I I have heard that. I don't know if that's a nationwide thing, but I have heard. You're not the first person I've heard say that. But I feel like they should let everybody in. Like we like like you guys make adult Lego sets. Why would you not let in Legoland? I I have no idea. There's probably something. There, there's there's probably there's probably something. There's probably a legitimate reason why. Yeah, I just looked it up while we were talking, and January twenty eighth is Lego Day. I missed it? Yep, you missed it this year. Okay, I gotta catch it next year. Well, now you know it exists. So, Well, now that I know it exists, my second holiday, I want a Black Content Creator Day. Yes, yes. So, for my Black Content Creator Day, what I want is this a celebration of Black creators, whether you're a big creator, a small creator, you know, you shout out your favorite people. Everybody does, like, you know, the Twitch streamer stream, the YouTube creators make a video, they make a vlog. This is how my black content creator day goes. Or we do like, if you ever seen like the sorority fraternity founders day where everybody just sends each other money. Yeah. Send me some money for my founders day. Yeah. Send me some money to support my content creation. There's something there. What day? What day? I really like the summer. So I feel like the summer always has good vibes. Everybody's outside. Everything is open. So maybe in, I feel like July is a good month. Maybe not July 4th, maybe like the end of July, somewhere near August, where, you know, it's good vibes. It's July, we outside. I can see like black content creators linking up. And then that's a, that's convention season too, July. Mm -hmm. Like everybody syncs up for like, DreamCon and San Diego Comic-Con or maybe they just they make a big black content content creator event like in Texas or something and be like yeah come on down I think that would be really dope and then the biggest thing I would want is like the networking from it as well like you sync up with new people and now you got a you got a new guest for your podcast or you meet this person you guys chop it up. You guys have a lot in common. And then boom, you got you a podcast or a YouTube show or a Twitch stream 
or you find you a group of people that you guys do some stuff with. That sounds fantastic. That sounds like a blurred Vana. Yeah. And it and it's not and it's like you can you do the same things at conventions and then you do the same thing like on Twitter and Instagram, you connect with people. But I feel like making it a day, really hammering that emphasis on the day would do some good things. I think so. That would be really cool. That would be really cool. I have one more question, actually. What is something that the community is sleeping on in in the nerd space? Like, what's uh, something that uh, while you're thinking, I'll rephrase it. What's what's something that you think is really good that that's not being that's not being talked about enough? I don't know, and the reason I don't know is because there are so many nerd spaces. Mm. Like, you have your DC Marvel nerds, you have your fantasy nerds, who like. House of the Dragon, Lord of the Rings, Vox Machina. You have your anime, your Black anime con- community. You have, you know, the people that, um, and then you have that, like, the outlier cartoons. Like, you have out your Avatar community, your Pokemon community, your video game community. And I don't think that we're sleeping on anything. I think that sometimes people don't know that those communities exist. That makes a lot of sense. Like, you might think oh, I really like this show, but I don't have anybody to, t- to talk about it with. Well, maybe it's because the community that you're in hasn't been exposed to it yet. But nine times out of 10, there is a group of people who have watched or experienced the same thing you have, and you just have to go find them. Message. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think we're sleeping on anything. Like as I've made these connections and even as, I've grown as a content creator. I don't think we're sleeping on anything. I think that you just have to put yourself in that space. Right on. <sighs> well, Foop, thank you so much for joining me. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you. This was great. Again, thank you once again for joining us, whether it's your first time or this time for the six questions. Remember to follow me at Demond Does, all one word, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for more shenanigans. And if you like the show, tell the world. Jump on your podcast app and leave a five-star review and remember to tell your friends. That's the best way to grow the show and more can join the conversation. So, until next time, see, hear it, speak it, 